On this episode of At Large with Alex Wong, I talked to Christy Tolliver about turning her dream of becoming a professional basketball player into reality, becoming an assistant coach with the Washington Wizards, and her favorite players to work with. Christy Tolliver, guard for the Washington Mystics, assistant coach of the Washington Wizards. We're here in Charlotte, North Carolina, All-Star Weekend. Christy, first of all, welcome to the show. And how's All-Star Weekend been so far? Well, first, thank you for having me. And All-Star Weekend has been great so far. Um, it's my first one that I've been able to go to. I'm usually overseas, you know, this time of year. Um, so I'm excited to be here and, and reconnect with, you know, friends that I don't normally get to see very often. So it's been good. What are, what are like the most exciting things that you're most excited about? Uh, the game. I mean, I think that's that's why we're here, um, to watch the best players in the world play together and, and put on a fun performance. And so I'm really looking forward to Sunday night, uh, you know, the three-point competition, the different events that they have going on, uh, to see see the best players in the world, you know, do what they do best. And um, it's been a lot of fun to be able to do that, to watch those kind of events with people that, you know, I, I don't get to see very often. Yeah, so I want to get to know you, talk about your career, your role with the Wizards, and a few other things. But first, I want to ask you, freshman year at Maryland, the 2006 National Championship game against Duke. Um, I was watching the highlight of it last week. So trailing by three points, 15 seconds left. You get the ball, dribble to the left, to the right. I think two picks, teammates had two yeah. picks for you. Do you remember these Double details? drag, of course. Yes, double drag. <laughs> Pull up, hit the shot. But you still had to get back on defense. Tell me in that moment when that <laughs> shot went in. It's like the biggest shot of your life, but the game's not over. How are you processing those emotions like in that moment? It, well, I mean, that's funny. You know, everybody thinks about the shot, but then nobody thinks about, you know, there was still time on the clock. There's still like eight <laughs> seconds. So as soon as it went up, immediate, just like, holy crap, that just went in. And then like, holy crap. We had to get back on defense, and so I remember like chasing Lindsey down in transition. Um, I think Shay kind of stepped up. We kind of had two people on her at the end, and when that shot went up, I was just holding my breath like, man, I hope that doesn't go in because that would be quite a bummer. That shot almost went in, too. It that did. was a close shot. It did. It was close. But then I Just saw, right. Yeah, and then right after, though, that's when you like let out some emotion. You oh, were yeah. able to celebrate, right? Yeah. What was that huddle like going into overtime? Positive. I mean, you know, we were down, I think, 14 at the half. And so we knew that we were going to have to battle and call our way back into the game. And in that season, I think we ended up playing in six overtime games and winning all of them. So we felt, you know, a little bit of a sigh of relief that, you know, we were able to kind of claw our way back into the game and, and get it to overtime. And, and that's why the saying, you know, all year long and, and what's on our championship rings is overtime is our time. And so we felt extremely confident that uh, we were going to end up winning the game. Um, it was just a matter of, of getting two overtime and, and putting ourselves in that position. And you had to hit two free throws in overtime too, right? Two key yeah. free throws? Yes, I did. And Marissa Coleman did as well. Um, and as freshmen, you know, it was kind of big for us to be able to kind of step up in that moment um, and just knock down two crucial free throws each um, when, you know, it's the biggest stage in women's college basketball. Um, it kind of said a lot about you know, just our team in general, you know, I think we were just always ready for the moment. Um, and we had been kind of been preparing for, for that type of moment all season long. And so, um, you know, for, for freshmen and for sophomores and a junior, you know, we were pretty uh, cool, calm and collected. Yeah, so like when you hit a shot like that, like biggest shot of your life, 
you know, if I was a professional athlete, like I would pull that up on YouTube, like all the time, just look at like my greatest accomplishment. So is that something that you do? Do you go back and revisit like that moment? I don't very often, especially now. I mean, that was so long ago. Um, but there are there have been times throughout my career, you know, in L.A., especially, um, you know, when you're kind of struggling and you're having a little identity crisis. Sometimes I do go back and watch, you know, film of me doing things that I do. Um, if I'm struggling shooting or what have you, um, it's good, you know, to see to see good fit- footage of you um, making plays, uh, scoring the basketball, making plays for your teammates. Um, I think that's important, um, especially when you're going through a, a tough time. Yeah. So I want to get to know you, kind of let the audience know, you know, what Christy Tolliver was like growing up, things like that. So I know your father, your dad was a NBA referee, right? So, you know, what was that like and what was... How did basketball become like a part of your life? Basketball was my life, and a lot of it, a lot of that is due because you know my dad was an NBA official. I was just born around the game, um, and around you know the highest level of the game. So, um, you know, since I could dribble, I was dribbling. Um, you know, just that's at family reunions that would be my talent that I would show to everybody is just dribbling and shooting at the age of two. Um, you know, basketball is done so many great things for me in my life and it's tra- taking me around the world and I've met so many great people. Um, so I'm just, you know, very blessed that I've, that I had the opportunity and I had the, the family and the, the foundation from the beginning because to me, basketball was it from day one. Yeah. Did you ever play like one-on-one against your dad? Like we would, uh, in the basement where I, you know, learned how to shoot is obviously a shorter rim. Um, but we would do that all the time and just kind of play out scenarios. And at the end, if I would, you know, have a, you know, game-winning situation, and I made the shot. Then at, afterwards, he would interview me, and I would get a little trophy. So I was like, from since I was five, I was doing that. So um, I think it honestly is has played a huge part in in the success that I've had now. Because even when I was playfully having those moments, I was having those moments when I was just a little kid. And you were around, I think, nine or ten when the WNBA started. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that mean to you personally? Because I assume you grew up probably watching the NBA and other basketball, NCAA, things like that. But then when the WNBA becomes a thing, um, what was that like for you in terms of seeing that, oh, okay, this is a potential path for me? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's funny. Like, I always, I always, I never thought that I would never be playing basketball. And even when I was, even before the WNBA existed, I thought I was going to be you know, the Chicago Bulls next point guard after B.J. Armstrong. I mean, and I really felt like that. So obviously when reality strikes and I'm nine, ten years old and there actually is a WNBA, to me it was, it was almost a question of like, well, duh, like women are going to play this game. Like that professional basketball is going to exist. Um, maybe I'm a little naive for thinking that as a little kid, but I mean, that's just how I felt. It was like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. So of course I'm going to be able to do it. Um, but thank God for the pioneers and for the NBA, WNBA, having that collaboration to actually make it a reality um, because I don't know what I'd be doing if, if, if I wasn't playing in the WNBA. Yeah. Did you ever think about that when you were growing up in terms of, okay, like you know you're good at basketball, you know, you're going to college, all of that stuff, but, you know, what if it doesn't work? You know, if there isn't a path professionally, like what were you going to do otherwise? I don't know. I mean, I just never thought that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I really can't explain it a different way because mm-hmm. even even before the reality hit, my mind was, "This is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. one way or another." 
Um, and I think as I've gotten older, um, even in college, becoming a pro, I think co uh, coaching was something that I felt I would enjoy, just being able to stay around the game when I could no longer play the game. Um, and it just happened to come a little sooner than expected. Was there a particular coach that you know changed your mindset about that in terms of taking an interest? Um, I've had a lot of great coaches um, in my experience, and um, I think I've just taken bits and pieces from a lot of different a lot of different coaches that I'm using now. That's something that I was like I like the impact that they had on me, and I wanted to be able to impact somebody else. Um, Specifically, I mean, there, I mean, there's just a lot. I've, I've, there's just so many. Darren Park is one of them. Carol Ross is one of them. Um, Sandy Brundello is one of them. Brian Aguilar. Um, there are just so many people that have touched me in different ways. Um, that that's just why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, and those coaches that you just mentioned, you know, is there any particular one where you have an example of something that you pulled from them, whether it was you know communication skill or just the way to approach players, right? Um, I think. With Brian, um, you know, I was only with him for two years, so it was very short. But the way that he prepared us for games and the film breakdown that he did, and he was very adamant about, you know, watching the game and, and thinking the game and learning the game through, through film, um, that's something that I have done throughout the course of my playing career, but it's definitely something that I'm doing now um, on the NBA side, coaching uh, with the guys. And, you know, there's just there's so many outlets and, to be able to get film and break it down and all that. Um, that's just where the NBA is anyways. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it's just really fun to be able to, to game plan and, and break everything down individually with, with guys one-on-one -on -one and then also um, you know, team concept. Yeah, so tell me how this um, opportunity with the Wizards, this position came about. Um, so I was on my way to practice one morning um, at Capital One and um, you know, I've had I've had relationships with some of the some of the guys on the Wizards side for years because uh, they've been in Maryland where I went to school. So um, kind of crossing paths, they were doing a workout and they were about to leave. I was going downstairs, and one of the coaches that he was at Maryland, um, he was just offered the G League position, head coaching position, and so you know I was congratulating him for that. You know, it was a big step. He's a young guy. Um, yada yada and he was like yeah he's like you want to be my assistant and I think honestly he kind of said it jokingly because I play overseas all for 10 years straight so it's like you kind of know that you know I'm not even going to be around um I was like sure I was like absolutely and so just from that and then different things different circumstances happened some coaches left so he got bumped to the front of the bench with the Wizards so when that happened it was still like Okay, are we going to do this? How is this going to work? Um, and so I was just always around. I just went to, to all the summer league practices and at early in the morning before we would have practice um, for like those five weeks before uh, Vegas. So then they were like, I had an opportunity. We had a game uh, in Seattle, and uh, my coach let me go to Vegas to, to do summer league. It was just for a day, flew in. Um, had the game, had, had a morning workout, and I had an opportunity to talk with Scott Brooks um, at that workout. And we just had a you know, solid 15, 20-minute conversation, nothing too long, but um, I was just kind of picking his brain. I think he was picking my brain. Um, and just our, our chemistry, and we just had an instant connection. I mean, he's 
one of the easiest guys to talk to, super relatable, great guy, knows the game, great with people. Um, so I felt very comfortable, and I think obviously he felt pretty comfortable with me. Um, and so that was kind of the next step was, was uh, Vegas in July, and then, um, you know, we kept playing, played our season out, and then it was, all right, again, Scotty and I talked, and he's like, so what do you want? Um, and he was like, and don't hold back. Like, if this is a perfect world, kind of lay it out. So I laid it out for him, and I said this, 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 told him what my, you know, my vision was. Um, and he was like, okay. And so we just kind of made some things happen, and, and here's, there, there it is. <laughs> yeah, what was that first day like with the team? It was amazing. I mean, I felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Um, the guys were great. Uh, the other, you know, the other assistants were great towards me. Um, you know, I kind of, at first, you know, it's like any new job, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, you're kind of just feeling it out and just trying to talk to people and build those relationships. And, and in coaching, that's, I mean, that is a lot of what it is. It's, you know, having relationships, being able to talk to your players. And obviously, you know the game, you know the game. So that's the easy part. Um, but for me, I was just trying to get my feet wet. And on the first day, at the end of practice, um, Coach Brooks said they were doing a free throw game. You know, you miss a free throw, you got a team has to do sprints. So they all get through. So then Coach Brooks says, uh, KT, come here. So he asked the guys, he's like, all right, if you think KT is going to make the free throw, get on this side of the line. If you think she's going to miss a free throw, get on this side of the line. I was like, it's a lot of pressure. I was like, I better not miss. So I get up to the line, boom, 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 do my little routine. It kind of, it trickles in. It wasn't a clean, wasn't a clean make, but only one guy, I won't even say who he was. You have to, by the way. Can't. Anonymous. <laughs> Can you just like give the said, initials and we'll figure it <laughs> no. out? Yeah. Even though our team has changed so much. Yeah. Is he still with the team? <laughs> he is not. Okay. We'll figure it I out. I will say that. Okay. Um, so he had to do his little up and downs. I was like, come on, man. You thought I was going to miss? <laughs> but that was kind of like my initiation, I think, into, into the whole thing from day one of just knocking down my free throw. Yeah, just little things. It sounds like Scott yeah. trying to do like little things. Just try, just try to make you feel comfortable, yeah. right? Um, what's it like working with these NBA guys? I mean, you're obviously a really good professional player. Um, and now you're kind of trying to teach certain things to them like in a player development role. What's that dynamic like? Because you're still playing and now you're trying to give that kind of advice on to them, right? Yeah, I mean, it helps me because it really makes me break down my own game and my own thought process. Because as a shooter, I don't think about how I shoot, I shoot. You know, I have that foundation. So it's, it's actually been fun for me really breaking down certain things to explain to those guys. Um, I think the thing that I've enjoyed the most isn't even necessarily on the player development side. It's been offensive attack. That's what Coach Brooks and I call it, offensive attack, of just trying to figure out ways to beat teams in our one-on-one -on -one conversations because that's where, that's where my mind just gets going, and that's honestly my biggest strength is figuring out how to win on the offensive end. Defensive end, you know, can get shaky. Um, but it's been fun. It's been fun with the guys. They've been they've responded extremely well uh, to me, and I think it is because I play. They know I play. They've they've watched me play. They see me work out every day. Um, so that respect factor is just automatically there. And they're just good guys. I mean, I think they know that if if this person can make me better, then 
I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And um, I couldn't have asked to be around a better group of guys. Um, they've all just been, I'm just extremely thankful for the situation that I'm in because you never know like which way it could go. And I give a lot of credit to, to Coach Brooks because I think he sets the tone in everything that we do. Um, but, but those guys, amazing. Yeah, how's Jordan McRae? Because I feel like Jordan McRae is one of the top five most confident players in the world. I love Jordan McRae. Um, he's extremely confident, as he should be. He's a professional scorer. I'm like, you are a professional scorer. And there are only so many guys like that. Um, I'm glad he's on our team. He's a great person. He's, you know, he's great to be around. I enjoy him very much. Um, he knows the game, women's game, men's game. Uh, so he's a student of the game, and I can appreciate that. And just a good, good dude to have a conversation with. Um, you know, very bright. Um, even though he did go to the University of Tennessee, it's, I don't know how you bright, can't hold that how bright them, those right? guys are, but uh, he's he's a great, great guy. What do you think about you know? LeBron and a lot of the top players in the league have recently, in the last few years, maybe even more so talked more about the WNBA. Yeah. Like they respect the game, they watch the WNBA, they respect the players, all of that obviously. I'm curious, you know, as you're traveling around with the Wizards, like have you had those conversations with players coming up to you to let you know, like, you know, like how much, how cool it is to see a woman in this game, in this role, right? Yeah, I mean, the respect factor is there. I mean, I have guys come up to me, you know, dap me up, give me a head nod, whatever, just, you know, that acknowledgement, even before the game, after the game, um, you know, they know. And the, the thing is, like, the NBA guys know and respect women's basketball because they know the game. It's, it's the other guys, the guys that, you know, think they want to play you one-on-one or, you know, keep that at the YMCA. Like, this is professional basketball. We know how to play the game. That's why LeBron, that's why Kobe, that's why Steph, that's why these guys try to shout that out in, in every opportunity they can because they know how beautiful our game is. And so, for me, it's been great being with the NBA because it's just kind of bridging that, bridging that relationship together um, and hopefully other people can acknowledge that as well. Yeah, and in terms of you know, when this announcement happened that you were gonna be an assistant coach on the Wizards, obviously a huge deal in the women's basketball kind of news cycle. Were there people that reached out to her? Did you reach out to anyone? Like I'm thinking of names like Becky, Becky Hammond or Nancy Lieberman, like those women who've worked in men's basketball roles. Like, did you have those conversations just, you know, about, hey, what should I know? What tips mm -hmm. you have? Things like that. Not prior to. I mean, they all reached out to me just saying congratulations and welcome. And, you know, to me that's very important because, you know, in the NBA they have this sense of brotherhood. Well, now there's also a sisterhood in, in the NBA. So I was very pleased and, and thankful that they even reached out. When I was in San Antonio, I was able to talk to Becky for a little while. Um, and we did kind of share, you know, what did you do your first year? Did you feel like you knew what you were doing or, you know? Um, so it's nice to, to have familiar faces, familiar people, very intelligent people. Um, you know, Becky's one of the best in the business. Um, and I've known her for a really long time uh, playing against her, but it's good now. Um, to be able to ask her questions and seek, seek her out when I feel like I need her. And that's, that's a very comforting and good feeling to have. Yeah. And, you know, this is, I guess, so, like, I talk to 
Jeremy Lin like a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things he talked about was, you know, I don't want to be known as just, um, people always want to talk to me because I'm a good Asian basketball player. Mm -hmm. I just want to have interviews because I'm a good basketball yeah. player, right? You want to reach up, for you personally, and maybe just for as more women are going to join the NBA in these prominent roles, do you want the conversation to change? Like not have to just always talk about, hey, you know, you're one of the few women in that role. Like you just want to be people to talk about how good you are, you know, yeah. playing and coaching and kind of leave that part aside. Yeah, I mean, I think right now it's it's important to acknowledge that and, and make it known. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very new. Yeah. It it has to happen. It has to be said in that way. In the future, no, it shouldn't. I mean, it's I'm a I'm a coach. I'm a player. There's executives there, and if they're female, they're female. If Jeremy Lin's obviously Asian, he's Asian, but that's not what makes him Jeremy Lin. He's a great basketball player. I got a scout against this dude now, like. He's a, he was a handful the other night, you know. Um, to keep the labels out and to keep the, whether it's your gender, your, you know, race, whatever, um, those things hopefully will become secondary as, you know, more progress we make. And do you think, too, I know you are talking earlier about how when you were growing up, you couldn't envision another path, right? You were going to play basketball because that's what you wanted to do. Now that there's people like yourself and Becky that, you know, there's these girls growing up who want to play basketball, who look up to you and can say that we can not only maybe make the WNBA mm -hmm. play overseas and also be a coach. Yeah. Do you kind of see yourself kind of being, having some of that responsibility of being a role model to kind of that group? I do. And I'm, honestly, when it first happened, I didn't think of it that way. I just felt like I'm pursuing my passion and this is my path. Um, now, the more that I've been around the NBA and I have guys coming up to me saying, talking about their daughters and, you know, they're, kind of, they're looking at me as, you know, this example and thanking me. And, and so that kind of like switched my gear a little bit. It's like, I really am, I really am, um, you know, pioneering in a way, obviously. And, and with that comes a lot of responsibility. So, um, you know, I want to do my best. I want to continue to be myself. Uh, and, and follow my path and hopefully others will, will be able to follow in those footsteps. All right, thank you, Christy, for making time to do this interview during All-Star Weekend and enjoy the rest of your few days here in Charlotte. Thank you, Ben, you too, thanks for having me. Thank you.